Well, Jordan, we just wrapped up our first conversation of 2023, the first episode of season three. We had a great discussion. It's a bit of a long one, but I think we covered a lot of content. Is there something you want to let people know about right now that they should look for in this episode? Yeah, I mean, we do cover three of the most important areas of your life where you need to honor God. And I'm not going to spoil what those are. I'm sure you'll figure it out in just a few moments. Um, but by the end of the episode, we actually challenge you and, and help you a little bit with your New Year's goal setting. So, you know, maybe you've already done some of that. Maybe you haven't. Uh, listen to what Dan has to say at the end of this episode. I think it's an interesting way to look at setting goals for at least your walk with God this year. Yeah, it's a great conversation. We really hope you enjoy it. Have fun listening, and we will see you on the other side. You're listening to The Youth Room, a podcast from UPCI Youth Ministries for students and young adults. Every month, Daniel and Jordan hang out and talk about things relevant to you as an apostolic young person. If you like what you hear, please consider following and subscribing to the show. P.S. We want your feedback. Visit anchor.fm slash theyouthroomym to connect with us on social media and send us a voice message if you have a question or topic that we should address in the future. Welcome to the first episode of season three of The Youth Room. We're excited to be here. Where has the time gone? It's crazy. It's insane. So it's our first episode. And if you listen to the intro, the little bonus at the beginning of the year here, you might know what we're talking about. We're talking about first fruits, but maybe that's a term that you're not quite familiar with. So Dan, maybe you could tell us what are first fruits, at least in, in terms of the Bible, what does first fruits mean? Yeah. So first fruits, I mean, it's a, a concept that you see in the Old Testament. It's kind of in places where it doesn't really stand out. And so, you know, you, you kind of have to go looking for it. Otherwise, when you read the Bible, you might just pass over it. And it's just kind of something that that pass over. See what I did there? Um, but it might just be something that you you kind of miss in the reading and you don't really fully understand it. You're just like, OK, that's, you know, culturally is very different. Um, but one of the passages that this comes from is Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10 um, God speaking, he says, when you come into the land, which I give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And so this mm. the concept comes from biblical times where they would harvest things and they would plant things. And harvest time was significant because workers would kind of pour into the crops all year long before they began to pay off. Right. You got to plant things. You got to yeah. water. You got to till the soil and do all that kind of stuff. And so when they started to see a harvest, it was really connected to what God was allowing to happen, right? That God allowed there to be rain, that God allowed uh, the crops to grow, that God gave the increase. And so they were reaping what they sowed, but they understood that God was kind of over that process. And so God called his people when you have the harvest to bring the first yield or what they get first from that harvest and to give it to God, to bring it yeah. to him as an offering. Um, and that would demonstrate kind of, you know, their obedience to God, their reverence for God, honoring God in, in his role in providing for them. And um, it showed that they just trusted God. And this is what's really cool about it, that they trusted God to provide enough crops to feed their family. Yeah, that stands out to me, like the trust there, because uh, yeah. as simple as it seems, I love to like nerd out over history stuff. And you said that they were 
you know, an agricultural uh, people that they, they planted, they harvested, that was how they lived. And we're so far removed from that. Like there are yes. not many people here today that you plant and harvest your own food to feed you <laughs> and your family. <laughs> it just, you go to the grocery store or maybe you don't even do that. You open an app on your phone and you, you choose what you want to eat that day. <laughs> yeah. And so the, they had this, this need that they, they were relying on God to provide that harvest. And then instead of, you know, taking what came out of the ground and, and, putting it on the table they took it out mm -hmm. of the ground and they sacrificed it to god like <laughs> just trusting that yeah. there would be more coming to satisfy their needs and that that's really cool the yeah. trust that that required yeah for sure and that that hebrew word that they use that we kind of see translated as first fruit it literally means promise to come and so they're mm -hmm. doing it yes we have this right now but um, we're doing this understanding that there will be more, right? We're trusting God for more. This is the beginning of the harvest. This is the first of it. We're trusting God that, you know, if, if everything stopped, we might not have enough, but we're trusting God to know that there's more where this came from because God is good, yep. because God, um, you know, is being honored and, and we're doing the things that we should to be in a right relationship with God. And so they saw these first fruits as an investment in their future. By doing this, it wasn't about taking mm -hmm. away um, but they were investing in what was to come. And because God had told them, if you bring the first fruits to me, then I will bless what comes afterward, right? He was giving them this promise right. if they would honor him in this and if they would trust him um, in this. And so you might be wondering really like, why, why are we talking about this at the beginning of the year? Why are we going into like harvesting and crops and, you know, farming and all this kind of stuff? Become farmers. <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be a farmer in the new year. That's your goal for 2023. Be a farmer, uh, grow some crops, you know, groceries are bad. I don't know. Um, but uh, this this concept or this idea of, you know, honoring God with what God has given you and trusting God that God will use you for more, that God will provide more. It's a concept that's still relevant to us today. Um, it just takes on a new kind of meaning in our context. So in the Old Testament, the, the first part was offered to God in gratitude. It was kind of saying, you know, thank you for this. It wasn't out of obligation. It wasn't just because God said it, but they were doing it because they were grateful for what God um, had done. And so they were actively putting God first and they were choosing to put God first. And so as we kind of begin this new year and as you start your new year, we want to talk about three different areas of your lives of your life where God deserves more than the leftovers. Um, and to me, that speaks so powerfully. This idea of leftovers is, you know, I've had my yeah. fill and I've done what I wanted with it. There's a little bit left. What am I going to do with it? You wouldn't normally have a guest over to your house uh, and offer them leftovers. You might if you were really, really comfortable with them. Uh, but not if you're trying to impress them, right? Like that's not how you win over, right. you know, right. the girl of your dreams or that guy you're trying to, um, you know, start a relationship with. It's not like, oh, you know, you normally would cook the meal and you'd go out of your way and do something fancy. You wouldn't be like, oh, you know, I had mac and cheese yesterday and there's a bit more in the fridge. I'm just going to warm that up. <laughs> and, yeah. And so sometimes we can do this with our lives. Like we, we just kind of live yep. on autopilot. You know, we're the master of our own fate and we make all of these decisions. And then at the end of it, we say, okay, I'm supposed to serve God. I'm supposed to love God. I'm supposed to give back to God. And so we're trying to figure out ways 
and we're trying to fit those things in around the rest of our life. And we want to start this year by challenging you to flip that and say, God deserves my best. He deserves my the first part of me and the first part of all that I have. And we're going to apply that to three different areas of your life. Yeah. And we don't want you to feel like some horrible person as you're starting off the new year. Like it's, it's <laughs> human nature that, you know, like Dan said, sometimes we just go with the flow and we become content with the status quo and, and it's yeah. nothing new. Like even God spoke through the prophet Malachi, literally condemning the people of Israel for offering him their leftovers for not mm -hmm. bringing him their first fruits in their worship. And, and in the way that they live their lives toward him, it, it was as if they were offering God leftovers. And so you know, it's nothing new. It's human nature. It's the carnal nature that we tend towards when we're not focused on the things of God. So uh, we're going to yeah. apply this, like like we just said, to three areas of our lives. And the first one is time, time. And this is something that Dan and I were both passionate about managing our time well and, and using our time uh, properly. And God has a lot to say about that as well. In Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, it says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Yeah, it's such an important verse, right? And this is, we could just hang our hat here and just talk about time from this one verse, right? Be very careful how you live. This is, the most important thing, when you look back on last year in 2022, and you think about what you accomplished, what you were able to do, where you are in your relationship with God, the biggest determining factor in where you ended up is how you spent your time, right? Your your life is, is time. It literally is how you spend your time. And so what you did with the time, you know, what books did you read? Did you read the Bible? Did you pray? Who did you, you know, hang out with? Um, that is kind of all, that's what brought you to where you are right now. And so we're trying to apply this, you know, biblically that where we're saying, be very careful then how you live, right? As you think about this year and the goals that you might be setting for yourself or the things that you want to do for God, it's going to be really important moving forward that you are being careful. You are being cautious. You are being wise as you look at how you are spending your time. And yeah, part and of that is making Sorry, the I'm, most I'm <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think we're talking about first fruits, right? And there's so many ways that you could illustrate this. So many stories you could tell to talk about it, but really it's all in that, that initial word. I had to look up a synonym because I didn't want to say that first word first, <laughs> but there it is. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> so that word first, like we're talking about making God a priority, right? In, in right. every area. So, what do we do with the first of our time? We, mm -hmm. We've got to give that to God and everything else can come afterwards and, and we'll be able to fit the important things in, but we got to start with first things first, right? So instead of fitting God into the agenda, we have to put him at the top. We can't yeah. make excuses like, oh, I, I just didn't have time or I was too busy. It, it's so much easier when you take care of first things first. Yeah, it is so important. And we talk about, you know, when you pray and some people like to pray at night and some people like to pray in the morning and it doesn't really matter. The problem with putting something like that off, if it's an important thing, spending time with God, um, the real question is, why don't we do it first? You know, why, hmm. why do we, you know, 
leave our alarm to the very last second. So we just wake up with enough time, you know, to, you know, shower and get dressed and whatever and start our day. You know, that's important enough for us to make sure we have enough time to do it, or we make sure we have enough time to eat breakfast and all these other things. And so it's, you know, you have to kind of think about that. Well, you know, why is it so hard for me not to make that time for God, um, you know, in the morning when he's the most important thing? And I think spending that time with God, whether it's in prayer or, you know, reading the word or both or, you know, worship music or just something that gets you out of the daily grind and what you're kind of doing with your life and gets you into the presence of God, where God can give you direction and God can, you know, help you set kind of goals for yourself for the day, for the kind of person that you want to be. It's really, really important that we do that. First, we make the the most of every opportunity, right? Every day is a gift from God. And so what we do with it, how we start it, is really important and it'll, it'll set the tone for everything else that we do. Well, and the other thing is you never know like what the day is going to bring, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Or James 4.14 puts it this way. You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And, you know, you might start the day off just thinking it's going to be an average day, but when it's not, and if you haven't spent that time in prayer or, or focused on God in the morning, are you going to have the strength to get through what comes your way, right? Are you going to have the the ability to lean on God if you haven't been refilled and, and just, you know, focused on him in the morning? I, I don't yeah. know. For me, I think there's just so much that comes out of spending that time with God in the morning when you first get up or, you know, on your commute, if you ride the bus to school or you're in the back of a car, you know, pull up your Bible app and spend some time in the word Mm -hmm. and and just do that to start your day off. Right. Yeah. And I think using the day as a guide is a really great way of doing it. Just thinking about, you know, if all I have is today would at the end of this day, would people look at my life and how I spend my time? Would they say that, you know, God was the most important thing that he got, most of my time or the best of my time or even some of my time. And I think some of us, if you've been in church a little while and you're a young person, we say, well, you know, I I pray without ceasing. Like that's what the Bible says. I just pray all day long and I, I talk to God about everything. And we say that, but we also say it kind of as an excuse uh, when we're not actually doing that. <laughs> like we we don't have a set time to pray. We're just going to assume or we're going to try our very best to, to talk to God and engage with him throughout our day. And then if we're honest, I think a lot of us don't do that, right? We don't mm. interrupt the game that we're playing to to talk to God or, you know, we're not doing it at school when we're in the middle of a lesson, like other things just take up our time and our attention. And so we don't end up doing it. And so I would challenge you, you know, there's, whether you use a, a calendar or not, you know, maybe you're in high school or uh, you're a younger student and you don't use your calendar much uh, like a, I don't know, a college student or a young adult might you still have commitments uh, during your day that are on your calendar, so to speak, right? You go to school from this time to this time, maybe your part-time job or time you're going to spend with friends. Like you're, you're putting those things there and you're making the time for it. And so I would ask you, you know, and I'd challenge you for the new year to think about, you know, do I have an appointment with God today? Is there a time that I've set aside that is time for God? It's time for me to spend with God. And I'm not going to allow other things to encroach on that time. I'm going to stop my video game playing. I'm going to stop my, you know, whatever I'm doing to make sure that I spend that time with God. And I think that makes it a priority and it's showing God, I've put you first. As I think about my day, you're on the top of my mind. I'm going to make time for you. 
Yeah. Anything I else you want to say? No, I mean, I think the only thought I had as you were mentioning that last point was just if the morning is absolutely out of the question for you, then maybe it's right after school, you know, before you jump yeah. into whatever hobby or you, you head out with friends, whatever you're about to do that afternoon, just carve out that time right there before you move on with, with your personal time to mm -hmm. put the first fruits of your personal time into time with God. Yeah. You need to know when and where you're going to pray. If you don't know those two things, then chances are you won't pray. And so, you know, pause this right now, take a second and say either today or tomorrow, this is when I'm going to pray and this is where I'm going to be. I'm going to, you know, I know I'll be at home. I'll be in my room. It's going to be at this time. That's what I'm going to pray. If you do that and you are aware of that and you commit to that, chances are pretty good that you will actually do it or you will at least know that you didn't do it. You know, sometimes <laughs> we're not aware and we think we're, we're praying more than we are, but we don't yep. track it. We don't, and we're like, yeah, I pray, I talk to God. But if you really started to, to think about it and track it, you know, maybe it's not that much. And so try to, try to be on top of that and show that you're making the time for God. And I know that you God will, will honor that. Better for it. Amen. Awesome. So the next area of our lives that we want to honor God with the first fruits of is our treasure. And what do we mean by that? When we say treasure, are we like ahoy matey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish from farmers to pirates. What a, what a podcast. <laughs> That's the title. Yeah, of Treasure <laughs> Treasure is, you know, the, the money, the wealth, the resources, the stuff that we we acquire and that we have in life, you know, the things that we're blessed with, um, you know, outside of our time, right? What resources do we have might be a better word. Um, and where mm -hmm. we kind of get this from Proverbs chapter three, verse nine and 10, uh, very clearly says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So again, making a connection to the first fruits and with the harvest. But I think that principle at the beginning of honoring the Lord with your wealth and money and resources, especially when you start to have your first part-time job or, you know, you're starting out your career, this can be really big because you will see people who pursue money and they pursue the, you know, signs of that you know, the, the fancy car on YouTube or the guy who's, you know, he's your age, but he has, he lives in a millionaire's mansion and he wants to show you how to do that too. Right. And so their whole life can be consumed with trying to acquire that lifestyle or to find the ways to, you know, make that much money. Um, but really what we're after is doing the things that God wants us to do and putting that first. And we believe that God will, will honor us and God will bless us. But when he does that, when we acquire resources, we are to honor God with that. And one of the ways that we do that, and then maybe this is kind of where we can go with this, is we do that by investing in the kingdom of God. We do that by giving back um, to God and saying, God, you've blessed me with all of this. None of this really belongs to me. It all comes from you. Um, and there's some biblical principles. Maybe, Jordan, you can elaborate on that. That can help guide us with this. But we need to take that principle, just like we honor God with our time by putting him first and making him a priority. We need to honor God with our resources and our wealth by putting him first and making this a priority as well. Yeah, for sure. What's pretty cool is Matthew 24 and 25 is one of the longest passages with Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven. And he tells all these parables, encouraging people to be ready, be ready, be ready, because you never know, you know when th this 
temporal time that we live in will come to an end and we'll move on into eternity with or without mm -hmm. God, depending on how we've lived our lives. Right. And at the end of all of that, that very serious and, and somber passage of Jesus teaching about eternity, he tells this one kind of final parable about the sheep and the goats. And he talks about uh, kind of a, a dividing line that would be drawn amongst people who perceive themselves as believers, as living for God. And the dividing line was really what they did with their resources and how they how they use those for either the good of themselves or the good of the community of those around them and yeah. really caring for the people who are in need. And that's, you know, just one of the ways that we can use our resources to bless uh, and grow the kingdom and to invest in the kingdom of God. I was thinking too, as you were speaking, Dan, maybe some of these young people, they, they don't have a part-time job yet, or they, they do, but they work like one shift a week because of school, or maybe they come from a family where they, they've been blessed to have like an allowance over the years. Uh, and I was thinking like, man, there's some young people out there who have like, they might not think they have resources, but they've got resources. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you are blessed and you might not realize what you have. Right. And so challenge yourself when the when the season comes around for move the mission and you're wondering, like, how am I going to raise money? And you saw that, you know, Sally Sue was a real McCoy last year and you want to be up there on that list. Like, look, look at what you have. And maybe you've got like a really nice pair of shoes that you never wear. Six hundred dollars <laughs> for that pair of sneakers, <laughs> Keegan. <laughs> um, one of the young guys in our youth group. He, he's a sneakerhead, and you know, I hope he hears this because I, I want him to consider selling one of those pairs of shoes this year for Move the Mission. And uh, just, you know, you might not think you have resources, but I really, I challenge you as a young person to think about how blessed you are and just what you can do with what God's given you to invest in His kingdom, to take care of those around you who might be in need, uh, and to really just you know, give God the first fruits of what you're blessed with and honor him for blessing you with all of that. Yeah, I think that's a really good kind of point. Just made me think about all the times where, you know, people ask you, what do you want, right? What do you want for your birthday or what do you want for Christmas or what do you want? And we, you know, we might think that there's some limit of kind of what people will spend on us or what they're willing to do. Like you don't normally ask for a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or I don't know, whatever, a Porsche or something like, like you don't do that, but you ask for shoes or you ask for whatever. And you're kind of looking at spending this like hypothetical amount of money that someone is going to, um, you know, use for you. Right. And we don't necessarily think like that, that's an avenue. You didn't earn it. You're not deserving of it. Like someone's just buying you a gift, but it, how amazing would it be to say, you know, I know you normally, you know, maybe you do this amount, but I, I'm not going to ask for like that full amount in shoes, but maybe I'll ask for a little bit of money. And sometimes when you ask for a little bit of money, you're asking for that because you want to save up for some other thing that you want or some other thing that you're going to buy. But what if you like kept a little bit of that aside and then you you did what we're talking about, right? And you you gave it to some cause in your church or to somebody in need, um, as opposed to saying like all of this is for me, right? And um, I think it's just a a great way of acknowledging the fact that we are blessed in so many ways with uh, so many things that we don't deserve uh, and so much more than we really need, right? Even when you do start making a, you know, a decent wage or a decent income, like you will have fun money. You will have money left over, um, you know, depending on how you do with your expenses and your money. We're not that kind of podcast, um, but hit <laughs> us up if you need help. But um, 
you know, it, you, you hopefully will have some sort of money left over that you spend on yourself. And so what we're talking about is there are real needs that real people will have. And God wants us to care about people, people more than stuff, right? More than things. And so when real people, whether they're a part of our church or not, like when we see real people with real needs, God cares so much more about that and those people than he does about this thing that we want, like a new sweater or, you know, whatever it is. Like God wants those people to have their needs met because that's how you show the love of Jesus. And so what we're challenging you with this year is, you know, see those opportunities to honor God with the resources that God has blessed you with by giving, by uh, investing in the kingdom of God, by saving up so that you're able to, uh, you know, give during move the mission when, when that comes around, like just doing these little things that show that you're, you're putting God and the kingdom and kingdom things and things that will last for all eternity, putting that ahead of like Jordan, you said the, the temporary things that are all just going to fade away in the end anyway. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that sort of impact that, that our financial resources can have, the lives that can be changed, the souls that can be saved, that's the mission of the church. And God has, you know, ensured that the lights would always be on and that the church would keep moving forward no matter what might mm -hmm. come against it um, by, by challenging his people to give the first fruits of their resources, their financial resources back to the kingdom. And, you know, there's a biblical principle called tithing and, you know, as young people, maybe it seems over our heads a lot of times until we get to our first job. So we'll, we'll leave it to your youth pastors and your pastors to dive deeper on the topic of tithing, but just know that it goes along with what we're saying here to give back the first portion of your income to God in the form of a tithe, 10% mm -hmm. of your income back into the kingdom uh, in honoring him for blessing you with that opportunity to earn. Uh, but we're going to move on from talking about our treasure and we're going to hit the last of the three areas of our lives that we believe we need to give the first fruits of to God. And that is talent. Yeah. And talent is huge. Listen, if you're listening to this and you're young, you are talented in so many ways. You come from a different generation than so many other people, right? You've grown up with technology. You understand how to make things uh, with you know, little to no um, experience or practice. Like you're very creative. You're very uh, driven and motivated to just do new things. And so know that you're talented. Know that God has you know, prepared you and he's brought you for such a time as this, right? To make an impact in the kingdom of God. And the flip side of that is that there will be people in the world, right? People who will want you to use your talents for other things. Um, and they will try to pull you away from the kingdom of God. And you will have to do that in, at, at some points, right? Maybe to earn your living or to have a career and things like that. And you will use those talents um, just in, you know, kind of secular life and, and doing the things that you do. But recognize that if you're uh, administratively organized or you're a creative individual or you're, you have strong leadership capabilities, like these are talents that God has blessed you with. And they need to be uh, invested in the kingdom. They need to be used for the kingdom of God because God has put us all together as a body of believers. And so the body needs you to do what only you can do. Yeah, I love that illustration. And it comes up again and again in the epistles, this idea that as a church, we're a body. You're not saved into some solitary, you know, one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus. Yes, that's a component of it. But when 
when you experience salvation, when you're, you know, you repent, you're baptized in Jesus name, you're filled with the Holy spirit, speaking in other tongues, you enter into a body of believers that each have different abilities, different skills that they bring to the table. And there's a passage where, you know, the apostle writes and he says, you know, would the, would the hand be able to go on alone? Would the ear be able to go on alone? Would the <laughs> mouth be able to go on alone? Like I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially he's saying, you know, none of the parts of the body can do this on their own, right? We yeah. all need each other. And this reminds me of actually a parable that Jesus told of this master who goes to a faraway land and he leaves his servants with what the Bible literally calls talents. Now, <laughs> when it says that it was talking about a financial investment, so maybe this was better in the last part, but I'm going to use it here anyways. <laughs> um, basically, he, he leaves one with one talent, another with two, and another with five. And when he comes back from this journey, he finds that one of the servants with five talents, he doubled it. He had 10. The one with two, he doubled it, and he had four. The one with one, he buried it in the ground and and really had nothing to show for it, right? And the concept here is that God is investing in us and he's, mm-hmm. he's going to come and he's going to look for a return on his investment. He's going to come expecting that we've done something with what he's poured into us. And, you know, we, we each might have a different measure of skill. We each might have a different ability, but we all are expected to do something with it, right? Maybe you're the one with five talents. Maybe you're the one with two. Maybe you're the one with one, but hopefully you'll do more with it than, than that one did, right? God is going to yeah. come expecting a return on the investment that he's poured into us. Yeah. And so find what you can do this year, right? Don't be just a consumer of church, right? Don't just go and and receive something and expect to be given something from every service, but go and figure out how you can contribute, how you can be uh, someone who's providing something where you're not just showing up uh, and receiving, but you're going and you're a part of what is happening. And I guarantee you that if you know, you're struggling in your spiritual life or your walk with God or, you know, you're on the fence about church or it was always your parents' church. You getting involved and you becoming a part of the mission and you working alongside other people to run a service or to provide a, a ministry to people in need or whatever it is, just coming alongside people and actually doing something that impacts the lives of people. And you see that you were a part of that in a small way, a big way, in whatever way. Um, it will impact you spiritually. And so find something that you can do. And the Bible says in Colossians chapter three, verse 23 to 24, it says, whatever you do. So figure out what you can do, find something, anything. And then it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So when we're serving the body, when we're serving believers, when we're serving in the church, when we are serving those in need, ultimately we are serving God. We are doing what God has asked us to do. And so the level of excellence, the level of commitment, um, you know, the level of energy that you bring to the things of God, you need to understand that it's not just for the you know person leading that ministry in your church. You're not doing it for them. You're not just doing it for the the member in the congregation who wants you to do well in the drums. Like it's not about that. But whatever you're doing, you're doing it as unto God. And so you we should be doing it. We should be using our talents uh to the very best of our ability and not holding back when it comes to the kingdom of God. 
Absolutely. Well, this has been an amazing discussion talking about, about first fruits, giving the first of our time, the first of our treasure and the first of our talents to God. Really what we're talking about is making God and his kingdom a priority in your life and honoring him with the best of what you have to offer, the best of your time, the best of your finance, the best of your talents and abilities, and just really giving God all that you have. And as a bit of encouragement, as we wrap up here, Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And that's the the promise that God gave to the people of Israel when he first instituted this uh, you know, concept of first fruits was that if they would sow, they would reap and there would be more than enough harvest to sustain them. And so, you know, have no fear in giving God your very best. He will sustain you. You'll have enough left for all the rest that life demands of you, of your time, your talent and your treasure. So this year, what a great discussion. We want to encourage you, don't just set one big goal for the year, but we're challenging you to set three small goals. How can you give God more of your time? How can you give some of your treasure to the kingdom of God? And how can you serve the body with your talents? If you will just look at ways to do that, I know that you'll be closer to God. Your church will be better for it. You'll be a better person all around, and you will have a fantastic year serving God and loving God and knowing that you are making the most of this year that God has given us. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you've been blessed by this. If this has spoken to you, if it's helped you start your year off right, make sure you share it with somebody, tell somebody about it. We tried to put a lot into this episode. And so we hope that something in it has spoken to you and given you direction and let somebody know about it. We're here for you. Join us for episode two coming next month.